0: chapter five of the apostle of alaska the story of william duncan of Metlakatla by john w arctander this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by phil shemph aboard the man of war it had been the understanding of the committee that the young missionary should be given the privilege of the captain's cabin on the voyage it was perhaps with this in view that he was warned not to let the luxuries and comforts of the voyage weaken him for the many hardships that perhaps would be his when he reached the end of his journey but as it was the committee need have borrowed no trouble on this account when the captain came aboard duncan was for the first time informed that inasmuch as a prominent divine and his family were to be passengers as far as the island of Madeira, he would until their departure from the ship have to put up with the quarters between decks and be transferred to the engineer's mess for his fare the quarters for sleeping were not oversumptuous a hammock slung on the middle deck so high that when the young missionary the first night started to retire unused as he was to accommodations of that sort he went on his head right over his bed with a rather more hurried than dignified movement he soon learned however the trick required to land in his hammock instead of on the floor and had no fault to find with his quarters not so however was the engineer's mess where he was to take his meals the second engineer was an uncouth rowdyish fellow and could not speak ten words in sequence without ripping out an oath or other sacrilegious expression duncan bore it as long as he could but at last he reported the matter to the captain who after he had investigated the complaint found it true and again transferred the missionary this time to the gunner's mess he soon found that he had almost fallen from the frying-pan into the fire the chief gunner was glum and morose ugly and cross so that to sit down to table with him would naturally make one feel as if he were attending his own funeral but as long as he was not condemned to listen to blasphemy and sacrilege, Duncan felt he could stand it for a while. The worst was that the captain seemed to have entirely forgotten his promise. The sick vicar and his family were landed at Madiera, but no one thought of inviting Duncan to the captain's cabin. Tiring of the gloomy company at table, he, at the first landing of the ship in Rio Janeiro, purchased a sack of rusks every morning thereafter he filled a little pocket flask with water put some rusks in his coat pocket and with a book for a companion retired to the privacy of the little dinghy dangling in its davits over the stern of the vessel here he spent his days for his food munching the dry toasted rusks and for liquid refreshment sipping the water until evening came when he retired to his hammock on the middle deck at valparaiso he replenished his supply of rusks and for three months and over he lived on bread and water, rather than submit to the indignities offered him at table on Her Majesty's warship. When the ship left Kalao, to which place it had brought a number of supernumeraries for His Majesty's squadron stationed near that point, the ship's doctor, a kindly Christian gentleman, and the only one aboard who had paid any marked attention to the young missionary, on behalf of the officers, invited him to take his meals at the officers' mess but this he declined to do, and it was only by the most persistent urging that he was, about a month before the ship reached Victoria, induced to abandon his bread-and-water diet and eat at the officer's table. On learning of this change in the program, even the captain's memory seems to have been jogged, and he now sent for Mr. Duncan and invited him to come into his cabin. But Duncan, who had learned to like his modest surroundings, asked to be excused, using as a pretext that his clothes were stowed away somewhere where he could not get at them and that under the circumstances he preferred to be where he was and where he now felt perfectly at home it follows of itself that he could not during all this time remain inactive in his master's service only a short time out of england he organized a bible class among the bluejackets and had the satisfaction of seeing it grow both in numbers and in interest until upon the landing in victoria it numbered not less than twenty-five young tars it would naturally be supposed that young duncan would find a genial companion in the chaplain of the ship but not so this worthy and dignified representative of the church of england if i am correctly informed deemed it proper to pay no attention whatever to the lowly lay missionary who, without receiving holy orders from the church, dared go to bring the glad message of salvation to the poor savages on the northwest coast. After a tedious voyage of nearly six months, the satellite dropped anchor in Eskimalt Harbor, near Victoria, on the thirteenth day of June, 1857. End of Chapter 5